Welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. This podcast features elementary principals and assistant principals from the great state of Oklahoma. I am Glenn Absher, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Association of Elementary School Principals, OAESP, at COSA. Today on the podcast, we have Dr. Ruben Bellows. Ruben is the principal of Earl Harris Elementary School located in the Bethany School District. It is located in the Oklahoma City area. And uh, I got to visit his school uh, about two years ago and was very impressed with the things that, that we saw there. And I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Dr. Bellows. Ruben Bellows, welcome to the OAESP Principal Podcast. Thank, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm enjoying it. All right. Very good. Uh, Dr. Ruben Bellows is the principal of Earl Harris Elementary School uh, with the Bethany Public School District. And so um, uh, I got to visit that school, um, what, been about two years ago, maybe? A couple years ago, yeah. Uh-huh. And so um, anyway, got to visit that school and what it, so many great things that, that are happening there. So Ruben, just to start off with, tell our listeners, who is Ruben Bellows? And talk a little bit about your uh, path to the principalship. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, So I grew up in Texas, uh, actually South Texas and um, have a large family, had five sisters and a brother um, and uh, came up to Oklahoma uh, to attend Southern Nazarene University. And uh, after um, being at SNU, I kind of started out as a history uh, major, uh, changed that to elementary education about a year in. And uh, then I started driving a school bus uh, for Putnam City. And at that point, I that's where I kind of uh, fell in love with, you know, just working with kids at that time, driving kids, but just that interaction daily of getting to start their day and, and get them on the bus. Uh, but I always knew, uh, even when I was uh, at SNU as an undergrad student, that I, I wanted to be a principal. So, so I knew going into education that that was going to be my end goal. And uh, once I got into teaching and I started in UConn uh, as a sixth grade uh, science teacher there, um, and that just happened to be where I finished my second phase of student teaching. They had a job opening. And so just kind of fell into that slot, even though I was an elementary uh, education major. And uh, so loved my time in UConn. Uh, I actually enjoyed teaching a lot more than I thought I would. Because again, my, my whole focus was I, I want to be an administrator. I want to be a principal. Um, and so I, I taught there for seven years. And uh, then I started kind of looking at that next step uh, in my career and uh, very fortunate to get hired as an assistant principal at Deer Creek Middle School. So the beginning of my career definitely put me on a path uh, towards middle school. Um, Had a great experience at uh, Deer Creek for two years as an assistant for the sixth grade team. Um, And then uh, two years into uh, working there, the head principal, Tracy Skinner at the time, uh, moved up to the high school. And uh, I was asked to uh, be the principal of the middle school um, from that time forward. Did that for three years. Um, love my time there, uh, loved middle school. Uh, I've always told people, you know, a lot of people, uh, are scared of middle school. That was not me. I, I loved every bit of it. Um, I loved working with kids that age. 
Um, but the one thing about uh, secondary and and is activities and um, all the the games and sports, which are great, but take up a lot of time. And uh, I had young kids. And so when uh, Bethany Earl Harris Elementary uh, job opened up, I decided to make that transition into uh, elementary. And I've been here nine years and have loved it uh, ever since arriving. Uh, it's it's different uh, from middle school for sure, but uh, it's it's an awesome, awesome place to be. All right. Well, very good. So Ruben, who are some um, people, some mentors that really poured, poured into you? Yeah, uh, boy. I mean, I tell you, I've had some of the best of the best uh, people around me. Um, the first people I would say uh, is not even really um, principalship. Uh, the the teachers, uh, the team that I uh, ended up joining was great from the start, and and really taught me what it was to be on a team of teachers specifically. And uh, but the the mentoring that they did uh, helped me to be successful. Um, and I realized from that point on how important uh, mentoring is in general and um, just this idea of supporting each other, helping each other. Uh, but then beyond that, in as, as far as a principal, uh, I have been able to work with and, and for some of the best. Uh, again, I, I worked with Tracy Skinner as the head principal when I was an assistant um, and uh, never met a harder worker, um, you know, just kind of that mentality of you do whatever it takes to succeed, to make uh, your school successful for kids. Um, I've had some great superintendents. Um, I worked for Sean McDaniel in Deer Creek for a while, uh, Renette Tippins in Deer Creek for a while. Then I came here and I worked for Ken Schellenberger um, for a while. And uh, so you can tell just from those names that uh, I've had a lot of great people to uh, work for and to learn under. And then even now, um, I've got a, a strong uh, supporting cast and administration um, that just uh, show me trust and confidence and um, really, really care about my input into things. And so throughout my entire career, I've had great people to watch, uh, learn from, um, and then who have also shown that they value kind of what I bring to the table as well. So couldn't ask for uh, stronger mentors that have kind of gotten me here. And, and I'll tell you too, so I take that and I know how important I am then to the people who I hire as assistant principals or even teachers too. But, um, and I take a lot of pride in, in that, trying to really truly prepare uh, my assistant principals uh, who have worked with me to be ready for that next step, to be ready for the principalship um, on their own. And, and I've got uh, a great list of, of people who are now uh, head principal somewhere that, um, that I'm really proud to have been a part of, you know, uh, them, them being in that position. Yeah, yeah, very good. So Ruben, what are some things that you do at your school that shows your teachers that there are, not just your teachers, but your entire staff that shows that they're supported and encouraged? Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I, I would say first is you, a lot of times it's something that goes unsaid. I mean, I think everybody understands that their, um, one of their jobs at least is to support the teachers that, that work in the building. And one of the things I've tried to do intentionally is just to say that, um, not to let it go unsaid. And so, you know, I tell every teacher that I hire, um, and, and it's also accountability for myself too, because if I tell them, 
that my number one job, and this is what I tell them, my number one job is to support the teacher so they can do the most important work that we do in a school. Uh, teachers are on the front line with students and our success as, as a school is going to come from the success teachers have with their students in that classroom. So, so I tell my teachers, my number one job is to support you, to allow you to do the job that you need to do. And that puts some pressure on me to then follow through with that, because the next part of that is you can say it all day long, but if you don't uh, show it and if you don't, um, through your actions, show that that's truly what you're doing, well, then it's just words at that point. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's what does, so what does that mean? What is, what is supporting teachers? A lot of different ways to do that. And um, one of the things that I thought um, early on was that meant doing a lot of things myself to help them. Um, they have a problem, you know, with a computer. Okay, I'm headed down there. I'll see if I can fix your computers. It was kind of just, I'm going to, I'm going to try to fix your problem right now myself. Um, and I've learned it's a little bit different than that now. Um, and then I've also learned sometimes it's just, um, just having a conversation, letting them talk to me, uh, me talking to them, um, and just collaborating on different things, uh, sometimes is the best way to support them as well. Um, I actually did uh, my research for my dissertation on uh, teacher supports um, and servant leadership. And one of the things that I learned in, in my research was um, I, I was focused on the principal's role in supporting teachers, but what I found was that um, teachers actually rely on fellow teachers, maybe sometimes more than my support. So, so instead of me always trying to be the one to be that support for them, I learned that I need to put teachers in positions to support each other. Um, and, and that really changed a lot of the way I did things with how I how I supported teachers. Um, instead of me always giving them my ideas, I would seek out other people that could give them ideas and and that that allows them to form bonds that really uh, keep them connected to each other. Um, so it's not so much about my relationship with the teacher always, it's about their opportunity to have collaboration and, and relationships with each other as well that is really powerful for them. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. So Ruben, talk a little bit about your school, Earl Harris, and um, what makes Earl Harris the place to be? Boy, uh, you know, I, I think I hear a lot of uh, a lot of people um, who, when they hear where I work, um, you know, just there is a certain um, pride that comes with that because I think they oh oh you're at you're at Bethany or oh you're at Earl Harris and um, I will say I am very blessed uh, I I don't deny it um, and I think all the times I say man you're lucky it is absolutely true um, I am lucky um, but I think you know to think about what makes Bethany what it is um, there are a couple of factors that that we probably benefit from one is uh, just the the community that we have it's a it's a small community uh, within a larger community but it's not it's not the physical community it's the relationship that we have with parents um, it's the relationships that we have with the local businesses and and all of this is intentional we it's not it's not by accident it's not by chance we make it a point, and, and I told you earlier, you know, 
what's great about this year, we've been able to re-engage parents. Um, that that really was the biggest impact uh, COVID had on us was we had to kind of remove parents a little bit from that, um, from our school, and it changed a lot of the way we do things. Um, so now being able to just let parents know, hey, we are inviting you back in in all ways. I'll give you an example of that. We go to Camp Classen with our fifth grade class, so 100, 100 plus uh, fifth graders. And this year we had uh, 30 parents go as camp counselors, uh, volunteer. We had uh, over 30 parents go just to visit for one day. So with 100 plus kids, we had 70, uh, 70 plus parents join in on that three-day camp experience. Um, and we know how lucky we are to have that. But at the same time, part of that comes because we constantly let parents know, we want you here. We want your input. We we want to hear from you. We want you to be a part. We want you to go to our field trips and we want you to go to um, these different experiences that we have. And, and that culture has really created a place that allows us to partner with parents um, rather than, hey, let us do our thing. And, you know, you worry about home and we'll worry about school. It, it's not like that at all. We really, truly partner with all of our families uh, and the kids, kids benefit. And then apart from that, uh, I've got the best teachers and everybody says it. And I know, I know everybody says that, and it's probably true in their mind. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we really um, have a good um, cycle of recruitment. Uh, it is it is becoming challenging. Um, but fortunately, we've probably been less affected by that than than some others. And and I really feel for uh, a lot of schools that have a hard time, you know, filling those uh, teaching positions, because I'm even seeing how hard it can be at times. And uh, I know it's way harder uh, at other places. And, and so uh, I really feel for those principals when when they're trying to make those hires. Yeah, so um, let's let's talk about Bethany just for for a second because yeah. Bethany is tell tell us it's sandwiched in between I want to say Putnam City and Oakland City is that right? Just Putnam City. It's basically a one square mile Beth surrounded by Putnam City. Yeah, that, yeah. That that's I, I thought it was it was one square mile, and so yeah, I, I think that the thing that uh, surprised us when we visited your school was that it is just one square mile and the number of uh, transfers that y'all have. Right. And so. Yes. So we're about uh, half, um, and that's a pretty rough number, but but it's it's pretty close. We're about half uh, in-district students and half transfer students. Um, and it actually creates a very interesting dynamic for us um, and for our teachers. Um, you know, a lot of teachers have a heart and a passion for um, working with students who um, have a low socioeconomic uh, status or have uh, fewer supports um, for a variety of reasons. And, and that really allows them to pour into those students um, and supporting them and their families. Um, and a lot of teachers really, um, really thrive on that. Uh, the good thing about Bethany is we have those students in our building. Uh, at the same time, we have uh, a lot of students who come in as transfers and just in the fact that they're willing to go through the transfer process to get in shows um, how involved they are willing to be. And so we we utilize that as well to to bring them in on that partnership as well. So so 
we have the dynamic of uh, being able to support families uh, and students that need support and utilize the support of families and that that we have kind of built into that that uh, number of transfers that we have. Yeah. Um, and it makes just a great a great mix of um, and a great culture for our whole whole building and whole yeah. district. So, Ruben, what is one thing you wish somebody would have told you about the principalship before you stepped into that role? Well, uh, let's see. I think there's probably a lot of things. You know, it's all those things that you you get your master's and you you're, you're now qualified and certified to do it. And you think, man, why did they talk about that in class? So it's all of those things. Um, you know, the one thing I would say um, I learned and and didn't have to learn the hard way, I wouldn't say, but um, I knew and I think everyone knows that when you step into the role as an administrator, the time commitment is going to be um, elevated. I mean, there are there are just some times that you don't control your schedule and you don't get to say, well, I just can't do that or um, and so, so I think everyone knows going into that. I think what fewer people know about is the commitment of the people around you and the the level of commitment they have to have to support you in that. So for me, um, my my wife and I had conversations about, you know, there are going to be some times where my job calls and I'm not going to be able to just come home when I thought I was going to be able to, or I've got to be an event that um, I just don't have a choice to be at. Um, and that leaves her to take care of everything else, uh, the house, dinner, the kids, uh, the activities. Um, and I think it's really important that uh, whether it's uh, family, friends, um, a spouse, maybe that those people around you also understand what they're getting into. Um, because I think when when everyone has that understanding, it it does make it a lot easier um, in those times. And I and I will say I've got the greatest wife in the world. Um, Dana uh, takes care of a lot of the things at home that allow me to focus my attention on things at school. Um, and again, that doesn't have to be a spouse. It could be uh, other family or it could be close friends. But you definitely have to have a supporting cast around you in your personal life along with uh, the support you have uh, in your professional life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you're going to talk to somebody who is aspiring to be a, a, an administrator or if somebody's just stepped in that role, what would be that one piece of advice you would want to give them? Yeah, so I kind of maybe maybe talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, as, as a young administrator, I and maybe this was uh, just pride or I'm not sure, I, you know, I kind of wanted to be the go-to. I wanted to be the guy who could fix your problem. I wanted to be the guy who could help you out. And and I really felt like maybe that was part of the job too, is like, you are supposed to be that person that is is the one to always come in and fix things or fix fix problems. Um, and and what that does is just really taxes your time and and puts a lot of pressure and strain on getting everything done well. You end up spreading yourself out so thin because you're taking care of so many different things that you you can't do everything uh, you can't do anything very well. So later on, I've learned you really uh, even more effective than that is being organized, trusting other people but knowing who those people are that you can trust to 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 handle certain things. So um, I may not 
I may find out about a problem and I, I may be able to fix that problem, but if I can get somebody else to help in that as well, that then frees me up to think about something else. Or if I, if I put a lot of things in place um, that will help something to run smoothly using a lot of different people, that is then going to allow me to address the things as they come up that are that are surprises. And so, you know, delegation is is one way to say that, but I think I think it goes beyond that in just trying to be strategic with your time and and knowing that another thing you do when you allow other people to kind of be that go-to person or that, you know, hero in the moment is you're building them up as well because because they want to be that person. And, uh, and so you're allowing more people to share in, you know, the successes of helping each other out and, and things like that. And so, so really learning to let go of some things and let trusting somebody else. The other thing I've, I've learned is sometimes I have, uh, some ideas and, uh, if I went forward with that idea, it might've been okay. But when I get some help from some other people, it turns into a great idea because they are able to to put some different spins on it that I would have never thought of. Um, and, and that also makes things better as well. So it's kind of just welcoming people in and just letting go of some things and trusting that they're going to be able to do that, uh, be able to help with a certain thing or, or to be able to assist a certain thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. So Ruben, you've been a member of COSA and OAESP for a number of years, as well as a member of, of the National Association NAESP. Yeah. So talk a little bit about why do you think it's important for people to, to belong to, to, to those groups? Sure. Um, I think, you know, uh, the first thing is kind of going back to the time aspect. You know, one of the things that I think we all need to be doing right now is advocating for education. Um, and, uh, there are a lot of um, issues that are um, just critical issues right now that we all should be engaged in trying to to find solutions for the teacher shortage being one of the top priorities right now teacher pay being a part of that and uh, teacher retention I mean there are a lot of things that that we need to be advocating for but we also know that I've got a building that I need to make sure today goes well, you know, and and that uh, that that teachers are are doing a great job uh, for students, that students are getting home safely. And so having the time to advocate for all of those other things becomes very, very difficult. So I know being a part of those organizations um, and and supporting them allows them to advocate for me and gives me a voice without having to be um, a physical presence at a place talking to someone specifically, because I know COSA and, and those other organizations are, are advocating for me on my behalf um, in a way that uh, I'm able to give feedback to them. If, if there's something that I, I need to give feedback to, I can give that input to uh, COSA, and then I know they'll advocate you know uh, some of those things forward. So uh, because you just can't you can't do it all again, and and that's part of utilizing uh, that organization to uh, trust that they're going to be looking out for those types of um, advocacy advocacies and things like that that I don't have time to do on a on a daily basis. So that's one. Um, another one is um, I do enjoy getting a lot of the resources that kind of come naturally. As as soon as you sign up, you start getting some newsletters and things, and 
Um, you know, sometimes you don't have time to, to sift through those, but sometimes you get a second, you're like, I think I'm going to check this out. And you see a, a current trend, a new idea, something that's maybe just a different way of looking at things. And those are kind of refreshing sometimes because sometimes you come across those, you're thinking, oh, I think we could try that in some form, or I think we could we could do something like that, or maybe that solves a problem that we've been kind of trying to figure out on our own. So so getting those uh, is sometimes helpful as well, just the, the resources. Um, and then I would say too, the kind of the legal side of things. I know, you know, the, you, you don't want to fall into legal trouble or, or have legal issues, but sometimes it's not even trouble. It's just questions. And uh, many times, you know, there are things that come up that are just new, new um, situations that you're not familiar with, and you just kind of need some advice. Um, and, you know, you talk to your superintendent, you talk to the different people around you, uh, but it's nice to also talk to people um, at COSA or these different organizations and, and get their perspective on, hey, am I am I doing this right? Is there something I need to know about this that um, I don't currently know? Um, and and again, not so much if if I get you know sued or legal actions taken against me, but but trying to prevent that from even happening by just being able to pick up the phone and say, hey, can you tell me you know this is kind of the situation? Am I going in the right direction here or am I not? Uh, and that's been very helpful uh, in many cases to where I don't have to worry about falling into legal issues because I was able to avoid it just by getting some some good advice. Yeah, well, very, very well said. And uh, listeners, if you're not a member of COSA or OAESP or OASSP or um, OASA, uh, whatever group that you may fall in, um, go join now. So thank I agree. Thank I agree. So, well, Ruben, we're going to, um, as we close this, this episode, uh, the purpose of this podcast is to elevate the voices of our Oklahoma administrators. So I'm going to pass this right back to you just for some of your final thoughts. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I think right now we are we are kind of at a critical point um, with, uh, with teachers and educators. Um, we we know that the most effective thing we can do is put good teachers in front of our students. And right now we're seeing trends that are going in the wrong direction um, as far as putting good quality uh, trained teachers in front of our students. And a lot of times we are uh, just trying to search for somebody to be in a classroom as opposed to somebody who is going to be great for the students in that classroom. And we have to figure out a way to, to reverse that trend. And uh, I don't have all the answers to that. I also know that as administrators, we all have to work together on this problem. Um, this is not a, uh, well, and, and, and even for me being in Bethany, again, I probably have fewer issues with this than most, but I recognize that I cannot sit back and um, just let this continue or we are all going to um, have major, major uh, crisis on our hands. Uh, and we probably already do, but uh, it'll just get worse and worse. And we have to all work together. And, and that means we have to support our colleges and universities in preparing teachers. We've got to be willing to take observers and student teachers, and we've got to put them in classrooms that they're going to see excitement and see what being an educator can be. Um, and then we've got to encourage our new teachers and provide those supports to them so they stay in the profession. Because if, if a teacher gets in a situation that's not good with one administrator, 
and they leave the profession, then that's one less teacher that that we have in Oklahoma. And we've just got to work together to try to reverse this trend and 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 again, uh, advocate through legislation, uh, work with our colleges, universities. Um, there are probably a lot of ways uh, that we can do that, but we all have to be thinking about this problem. We can't let somebody else, you know, solve this problem for us. So, I would just encourage, you know, everyone to to keep that on their mind and uh, and not as a how do I solve this problem for myself, but but how do we collectively solve this problem together because it is going to affect all of us. Yeah, very very good, yeah. Dr. Ruben Bellows. Thank you for joining the the, the podcast. Pre- appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the OAESP Principal Podcast. If you're not a member of COSA or OAESP, please join. It is not too late. Go to www.cosa.org and click join to learn more about the benefits of being a member. Some conferences that we have coming up, the COSA Women in School Leadership Conference will be held April 5th and 6th, 2023 in Tulsa, and we'll be releasing more details about that coming soon. Also, the OASSP OMLEA Conference is February 8th and 9th in 2023 at the Edmond Conference Center. Registration is now open. And the COSA Summer Leadership Conference is June 14th to 16th, 2023 at the Oklahoma City Convention Center. We have a great lineup of speakers that we will be releasing soon. Thank you for listening. Share this podcast. And as always, go keep doing the great things in our public schools.